0: Welcome, Joy. Delighted to have you. Thank you for stepping in.
1: Thank you for having me. Sorry for my technical issues.
0: (laughs) Well, you get the song anyway. A quick (laughs) hello to start the show. Hello, Joy. I forgot my own song and it's
1: really simple. (laughs) You, You have a song?
0: Yeah. A quick hello to start the show. Welcome to the show, Joy Hawkins.
1: Oh, my goodness. I don't think I've ever been greeted with a song before. That was incredible.
0: <laughs> right. Brilliant. And um, thanks to my brain freeze, it's the first time I've actually completely got the song wrong. And that's 180 episodes. And I wrote the song so simple, even I can't get it wrong. And I still got it wrong. <laughs> right, welcome. Uh, we always start with a quick analysis of your brand, sir. So we're going to start with that and then we're going to move on for everybody who's watching to GMB and we're going to dissect GMB using some examples. And Joy's going to explain it all to me because I I think like a lot of SEOs, think I understand how it works, but I suspect I'm overestimating my own knowledge. Right. Your brand sir. If we have a quick look at that, I looked at you first in Australia by mistake. And Google thinks that there's an implicit Fiona in there when I search for your name. Because there is a Fiona jo- jo- Joy Hawkins who is famous in Australia who gets that top spot with the Twitter, so and your second and your third and you've got all your photos. So the famous Fiona Joy Hawkins isn't as solid in SEO as you are by quite a long chalk. <laughs> I then looked in the UK, and Fiona is still there, um, and she's still at the top. So there must be some kind of relationship between. Uh, Australia and the UK in Google's little brain, which is perhaps reasonable. I don't really know. But more photos in the UK for some obscure reason that I can't figure out. And then I looked you up in Canada. And, of course, in Canada, the third one, absolutely, it's only you, Joy Hawkins. That was a song from ink spots back in the day so <laughs> in Canada where Speaking you're on. incredibly relevant you really dominate and in the rest of the world Google likes to fill it in with an implicit Fiona for some reason what do you think of that
1: I mean I think she's, she's probably a lot more famous than I am <laughs> so I don't really blame Google for that um but yeah I've, I've been getting alerts for her name since I set up Google alerts for mine so it's it's kind of an ongoing problem I think Sterling Sky is a little better. At Sterling Sky, we don't get as much, um, like, irrelevant stuff that isn't actually related to our brand. So that's good.
0: <laughs> right. Brilliant. I, what I find interesting, and I was looking at this doing the Daily Brand SERPs last week, is that Google does like to add to people an implicit name. And so it will tend to add an implicit name, the Fiona And it it isn't always clear why it might want to do that. Might be search volume, might be, as you say, notability from her perspective. But what is interesting is somebody who's good at SEO is always going to be very solid in terms of their presence, uh, even compared to somebody relatively famous. So um, that was the brand SERP. I love brand SERPs. You love Google My Business and uh, local SEO and so on and so forth. So what I've done is prepared some examples And basically, the idea is that you haven't prepared for this at all because we didn't have time. Um, So a bit bit of a a shock for you is to say, here, I'm just going to show you some examples that I found intriguing for one reason or another. And just ask you to to start commenting on kind of the different aspects, how you control them. Um, Let's not be too critical of the, the people who are actually running these accounts, but Um, just walk me through it a little bit and then I can ask lots of questions. So the Oxford Cheese Company, I like that because it's a cheese shop.
1: Yeah. um, So kind of moving from top to bottom, um, obviously the reviews are are customer-generated reviews, so you don't have a huge amount of control over that unless um, you want to factor in the fact that you can ask for reviews, in which case, obviously, you do have a little more control because you can um, ask obviously happy customers when they're there to leave you a review and things like that. Um, the cheese shop, that is the primary category that's on the business listing. So um, inside Google, my business, you can add up to 10 categories, but the one that's actually displayed is called your primary category. Right. And it shows
0: your primary category. What do the other nine categories do? What's the point?
1: So they don't show publicly anywhere, but um, they do in banking so you definitely want to add more if there are multiples that apply to your business Um, but make sure the one that's the most relevant is the one that you put as your primary category for sure
0: right okay because i mean basically the the other categories help you rank for generic terms around kind of those categories but obviously they're not going to help you as much as the primary which is really the one that you're pushing and Google's going to be pushing
1: Yes, and a lot of features that you get, like there are certain um, features that you get on your listing that are determined by the primary category. So it, it definitely is the most important. It's kind of a level above all the rest. Um, to Where you rank, it has more weight than the other categories that you add. So and you can see it's displayed here, too. So it, it's more visual.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and that's an interesting point is that the category, the primary category you choose will affect the options you have of things you can fill in, things you can provide to the Google My Business panel and things that you can't. So if you get it wrong, you're going to be providing useless information.
1: For sure. Um, It can be tricky because we work with a lot of businesses that have there are like, almost a dozen different categories to choose from and knowing which one to choose can be tricky. Um, so that's where it, um, which one makes more sense, but, um, some industries it's really straightforward, like cheese shop, I'd say it's pretty straightforward. Um, but the, the way that you see it, something, I guess I should point out, since, um, you're looking at how you view based on your country. So, uh, you might see it as cheese shop and somebody in the States might see it. As I'm, I'm not sure if it's true for this category, but we see that for a lot of categories. And right. I know Google Sorry, sometimes can, can like.
0: I, can I interrupt no? really quickly? Uh, sure. Y- the sound's coming through really, really, really cut up. So p- perhaps if you turn off your video, we'll get great sound. And although it's a real pity not to see you or else you turn the, the quality of the video down to, to lower quality. Can we try that? Oh, no, it's not any
1: better. Not any better.
0: Oh, it is, yeah, keep going, keep going, right, Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) So, So the the cheese shop there, I was just explaining that how you see that wording um, can vary based on what country you're in. Um, So Google has different ways of wording the same exact category based on just vocabulary differences from country to country. So, I know one um, example of that would be like real estate agents. Uh, in the States, it's shown as real estate agents. In the UK, it's shown as estate agents, um, but it's actually the same category.
0: Right. Brilliant. Oh, I saw that in a knowledge panel where Liverpool Football Club is called a soccer club in the US. So, Google's <laughs> pretty keen on these uh, regionalizations, which is great. For sure. Super. All right. And th- that underneath we've got service options located in an address. I mean, the located in that that drew my attention because the idea that you're inside a different market, is that is that old how or is it something I just haven't paid attention to before?
1: Yeah, so it's automated. So I think Google uses their, you know, whatever their, their the machine learning you want to call it to figure out where um, what businesses are located inside different places. But um it's one field that is not currently available the dashboard. So if a a business has this wrong, um, the best is to edit. edit And if you use that while logged in, hopefully your edit will publish pretty quickly. Um, My business support, but it is definitely one field that's not as easy to edit because it's not inside the dashboard
0: yet. Right. Okay. And, and so health and safety, that's obviously because of COVID. Um, mask mm-hmm. required. How long did it take Google to actually implement the, the idea of masks and mask required? Was it pretty quick?
1: It was really fast. They they launched a ton last year, like through the months of May to July. Uh, they're just pumping out constant new features, and it unfortunately caused a lot of things to break. But uh, this is one thing that the business can easily control inside the GMB dashboard. So uh, GMB, Google My Business.
0: All right, brilliant. Because with the whole COVID thing, I was talking to Je- Gerald Murphy from uh, SimilarWeb. And we noticed that during lockdowns, there seemed to be a drop in the presence of Google My Business panels uh, in the UK, at least, we were looking at very briefly. And it seems that Google actually reacted very quickly, probably algorithmically, and seemed to be during the lockdown periods in the UK, at least, showing less Google My Businesses, presumably because people simply couldn't go to them.
1: Mm, They they did have like a temporary closed label that um, became widely available because of COVID. Um, and admittedly not showing mark really closed in the search results, um, but that resulted in a lot of complaints. So they actually reversed that. So now, if you are a business that is shut down or is locked down, or if you mark your business as temporarily closed, you get this big red label that shows up right near your business name. And um, it, it obviously labels you as temporarily closed, but you will still show up. So I think that the idea that, you know, local customers still know you exist, they just know you're not open.
0: Right. Okay. And then going going down, we've got questions and answers. We'll look at that again later with with other examples. But the popular times, I, I always kind of like that. I mean, it's basically people's Android phones, and Google figures out by how many Android phones are wandering around in a shop, how, how busy it is at any given time. But that obviously can't apply to all shops. Uh, There must be kind of somewhere it's extrapolating the information and figuring it out. Oh, Joy, have we lost you? Or is it me who's lost me? Oh, no, it's all gone horribly wrong. Well, I'm not oh, sorry. Sure I'm
1: I'm I'm not sh- I'm not sure what's going on. With my internet it keeps cutting out.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, we we can keep going and see how it goes, and and if it's if it's really on and off, uh, perhaps we can reschedule for for another um, another uh, another moment. But the the Android phone idea with the when it's busy, um, it strikes me that Google's obviously calculating by the number of Android phones how busy these shops are but with limited data, can it really be that accurate? Well, it looks like Joy's internet connection is really playing havoc with everything. So maybe maybe what we can do is, oh uh, we've now completely lost Joy. Uh, what we can actually do is, is pivot um, and do the rest of the show with Anton, who is always behind the scenes and is now coming on looking <laughs> incredibly annoyed. Um, and we can put your, your footer on and what I'll do is invite joy back for another week at some point. Joy is back. Do you want to try it again? Yeah, let's give it another go. Cause that, we're, okay. we're here for joy and not.
1: I apologize guys. Like it's really unstable. It's not usually like this. I don't know what's going on. I'm guessing my internet is having an outage. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, because it's it's re- my internet's like a third of the normal speed right now.
0: Oh right, okay, oh dear. So we're we're, we're suffering because of that. Um, yeah, my apologies.
1: We'll, we'll give it another
0: go. Let, let's give it another okay. go because it's definitely worth.
1: I know. I wasn't sure if you wanted to reschedule or something. I apologize. I I can't predict that.
0: <laughs> no, 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 It's okay. Well, we'll give it another go. If it doesn't work out, we'll we'll reschedule it for another day. Maybe we'll pre-record it and and push it out to to, to make sure that it's all all delightful and wonderful. So um, we were talking about popular times. Did you hear the question or should I repeat it? No,
1: sorry. That's when my internet uh, stopped working.
0: (laughs) Right. Because the busy popular times, basically Google's measuring how many people using an Android phone are hanging around in the shop to see if it's busy. But it goes beyond that, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. So they don't really disclose what signals they use for this but it is all automated and they don't um allow the business to actually control this so who gets it is determined mainly by volume so if you have enough people um and google has enough data then they show it um, but we've seen graphs where sometimes they show up and then all of a sudden there's no data and it's less than useful so definitely not something to lead control
0: Right, okay, i I was kind of imagining that they could also kind of take the shops around it and imagine that if the other shops around it might be busy, they might be busy too, but that would be a bit dangerous, I suppose, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> likely yeah we We see this on lots of business types, um, but usually ones that you know get a lot of the traffic.
0: right, okay. I mean th- th- that's just another example of me thinking, oh, that would be a cool idea rather than I <laughs> actually think they're doing it. So I've got to be careful about that. Um, then we've got reviews. Uh, you were saying you can't control them, but you you obviously have to deal with them because you can't just leave them as as they are. You have to look at them, reply to them, and encourage people to give you them.
1: Correct, yeah. And this, what you have up on the right there, those three that Google chooses, this is like never updated. I say never, but um, it's probably updated maybe once every few years. Um, We're trying to track one right now just to see how often it updates, but um, like they they really rarely update that section for some stupid reason. So whatever you've got there, you're usually stuck with unless somebody deletes a review that's featured.
0: Wow. Okay. So this person who's given them two stars is going to be there for for absolutely ages. But do, do they tend to prioritize people who are Google guides?
1: I haven't been able to find any patterns for it. So sometimes, yeah, they are Google guides, but sometimes it's, it's really um, – it's really strange, some of the reviews that they pick, like they're not the ones that have the most likes or the ones that even have the most details. Um, there's obviously some pattern there. I just don't I've never seen anybody figure out what it is. it's It's complicated,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this one it says, this is yearly outing for my family, and we enjoy it immensely every year, and it's a cheese shop. That's
1: bad. <laughs> <laughs> and they say they enjoy it, but yet give two stars. There's obviously more to the story there.
0: Yeah, an outing to a cheese shop that we enjoy, but we only give it two stars. There you go. That's completely not logical. And the profiles, I mean, sometimes we see none, sometimes we see loads. Where do they come from?
1: Yeah, so that's another thing that's automated. Um, you know, it all I think I've heard people say that like adding same as schema schema markup to your site will help this. We've tried um to create one when it doesn't exist anymore just by adding schema. Um weren't successful so if google does use that i don't think this gets updated frequently i think it's one of those things that gets updated every so often we're not sure how often that is
0: right okay if if it's in any way linked to the knowledge graph kind of you can count on three months for google to actually change anything but uh i think kind of a lot of this information that google's mapping on its own is stuff that it updates relatively infrequently and we get so used to those fast updates in the normal index that we're always disappointed by the slower uh, updates to this mapping of information. Um, I was then going to look at Nosebag Restaurant. uh, And here we've got a description underneath and Mm -hmm. a price range. Why would I have those?
1: Yeah, uh, good question. So the price range is mainly by customers. So when you go to a restaurant, like um, Google will sometimes ask you questions through the Google uh, Maps app. So you can rate things, and these are subjective attributes, so they don't allow the business owner to control these, um, which makes sense, because you know oh. every business is gonna probably be a little more nice rating themselves than a customer would. Um, the description is called an editorial summary, and not every mm-hmm. business has one of these, but they are handcrafted by Googlers. They are not something that you can control or edit. Um, But Google will change it if there is anything factually inaccurate about it. So we've run into that a few times where, like, it says the business does something that it doesn't actually do. And you can contact Google My Business Support if that's the case, and they will update it.
0: Right. Do, Do you think that they might just kind of go through all the reviews, try and do some kind of summary and then get somebody to clean it up?
1: Yeah, I mean, they. I'm not sure their process for for how they pick businesses. I just know that it definitely is is related to popularity. So popular businesses have them, and then also related to industry because we see this a lot more for restaurants, for example, than like a lawyer would not be likely to get one of these.
0: Right. Okay. I mean, the, the enduring and simple wood-furnished self-serve canteen for signature soups, salads, and casseroles sounds like either accumulation of people who are being quite kind of keen to be wordy in their reviews or uh, some kind of restaurant reviewer, but I can't imagine they're employing professional restaurant reviewers.
1: Yeah. And what you see actually does vary a bit based on if you're on Google search versus Google maps. So if you pull up Google maps, I believe it's a shortened version because there's less space.
0: All right. Brilliant. Wonderful. I'm learning lots of things here. What about the (laughs) reservation link at the bottom?
1: Oh, goodness. This would be a good one to ask Tim Capper about. He uh, is constantly um, getting mad at Google for some of the things they do for hotels and, and restaurants. Um, so I believe the reservation link is another thing that can be scraped, but they are starting to um, control this a bit better. Um, so historically, Google has pulled in third party uh, reservation links or order links from places that the businesses didn't even want, you know? Um, so that's that's been kind of a point of contention. But um, I believe now you can um, edit this inside the GMB dashboard. Um, I don't work with a ton of restaurants, so I'm not sure if it gives you full control or if there's um, yeah. just some control now.
0: So, I mean, kind of, I mean, the more we talk about this, the more you're saying, oh, you don't control that, you don't control this, you don't control that. <laughs> there, There isn't the control that most of us traditionally associate with Google My Business.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they like to try and tell you that you control stuff, but you really don't. I mean, you control some things, whatever Google lets you. Um, In reality, though, this page is Google's property, not yours. So it's always important to keep that in mind.
0: And do you think they're slowly taking away your edit rights? Or do you think that it's just it's adding more information? So is it withdrawing things it had given you or is it just adding stuff and not asking you what your opinion is?
1: I feel like they're moving towards giving you more control for sure over the years. Um, so, in comparison to what you were able to control, you know, five years ago, they've they've definitely launched a lot of new attributes and features that businesses can control. So that is good. Um, I think there's just certain things that they're never going to give to the business, like things like reviews. Obviously, are always going to be consumer controlled, and right. certain types of attributes are going to be consumer controlled.
0: And then uh, reviews from the web, I mean, they just pick completely haphazardly what they're going to show.
1: Yeah, there is a pattern to this one. So, usually what shows in there is the sites that show up for a branded search that have review stars on them. So, if they have schema um, and they have gold stars in the search results, then they get pulled in here.
0: Right. So, Slurpee and Happy Cow have done their schema markup and they would therefore be Eligible to appear here, but how does it choose between the let's say twenty different sites, review sites for restaurants? Why do they choose Slurpee and Happy Cow instead of I don't know TripAdvisor or something?
1: Usually, what we see is that these ones are the ones that are the highest ranked for a branded search. So, right. um, okay, it usually corresponds almost exactly with which ones show up on the organic side.
0: Well, right. okay, so it's kind of duplicate information, really, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> No, Sorry, that's incredibly interesting. I'm going to listen back to that bit because that's a piece of information I've been looking for for ages. Now, from Nosebag Restaurant, they're pulling that from the site, aren't they?
1: That is the description field um, inside Google My Business. So this is the description you can control. It's like kind of lame. I don't even know why they have it. But it's obviously not nearly as visible as the one at the top, which is written by Google.
0: Right, okay. Shows how much I know. I was completely wrong about that. Uh, And then the people also search for at the bottom is basically all the competition. And then you click on it, you go onto Google's Maps. So Google's saying, you know, you might not like this, but these ones might be good, which is kind of painful somewhere along the line, especially on a branded search.
1: Yeah, interestingly, these um, kind of tidbit, if you pay any attention to Google My Business Insights, so inside the Google My Business dashboard, it gives you all these insights of how many people saw your business. Um, One of the reasons why I hate the views, um, metric is because it counts this so like somebody looking at your competitors knowledge panel and you show up way at the bottom counts as a view and i'm like that's like who cares <laughs> like, i don't know how much that actually gets attention but it's not as important as like you showing up in the search results when somebody searches for restaurants um yeah so that's what kind of you interesting to bit.
0: Yeah, no, sure. I mean, and and that is the thing about all this data that Google provides us with. It's never immediately clear how they're counting it, and you end up kind of Mm -hmm. overestimating or underestimating because you don't understand how the counting is going. That's a brilliant piece of information. Thank you very much. I was looking at doctors in New York, and it's really empty. Is that for (laughs) legal reasons or because doctors just don't bother?
1: It's because, well, at least the ones I've talked to, don't even realize these profiles exist, so they're not doing anything with them. And they're also hard to manage when you have, like, let's say, a hospital of you know hundreds of doctors that come and go, you know, as people change jobs and whatnot. Um, So it's managing these is a big problem for a lot of healthcare facilities.
0: Right. Okay. Because I mean, you can give a review to a doctor, which uh, I mean, in in America, for me, that makes sense, and in France, it doesn't really make sense to me because (laughs) we've got a public health system. So, um, but I I was curious. In fact, it's just that they—they. It's not that they're lazy. It's that they don't know it's there or that it's incredibly complicated to deal with.
1: Yeah, for for most of them. And you can usually tell because a lot of times the names aren't even in the right order. Like it's like their person's last name first and then their first name. And it's yeah, um, I'm assuming right. that's the case for the one on the left there. Like I think Carmen would likely be their first name.
0: Yeah, Sultana will be a strange first name. But, right, <laughs> yeah, I gave up after two because it was getting a bit weird. Roxy Cinema, I decided I had to look up a cinema because I haven't been to enough cinemas over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, located in, again, the address, we've got that description, we've gone through all of those. Um, then the questions and answers. Uh, I've been told, oh, you can ask your own questions and answer them yourself, and I tried doing that and they just deleted my answer. <laughs>
1: You can. There's a. It's a broken feature right now. Um, we've been seeing that if you try to post a question it, uh, and then answer it, it actually doesn't show answered from the business owner. It shows like answered from you, whoever you are logged in. Um, I believe that's a bug, so I think Google's working on fixing that. But it's never been like against their policy or anything for a business to post their own questions. Like they're totally fine with it.
0: Okay. Right. Brilliant. So it, it wasn't. I wasn't being picked on. It's just a bug. jolly good. And what I like here is you've got Roxy Cinema and then it's got uh, nearby restaurants, which is basically related entities. And it's saying, if you've got the cinema, you're obviously going to go want to go at the restaurant.
1: Yeah. Um, so this, this isn't very common. I don't see this on very many um, mm. types of businesses, but yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. Google knows but, that people. I mean, to it's the, it's like, the idea of
0: an, an assistive engine. It's saying, you know, this is what you're probably going to want to do next. And we're getting into Star Trek territory mm-hmm. Uh, where it's pushing you along your consumer line um and then two profiles again and if we move on to the next one i had to pick this one because "bâtard" in french is a terribly rude word and we wouldn't say it um and this is really posh it's got four dollar signs
1: yeah it's a pricey place
0: pricey place a french place and reserve a table where does that come from
1: um, so, again, I think this is a. I believe you can opt out of this if you don't want it on your listing. So, there is a, um, a specific feature for this that Google has just for restaurants. Um, so, you can get it removed, but it's, um, I, can't, I think it's called Reserve by Google. They changed the name a couple times, but I believe if you search Reserve Google, um, you can get a help call that explains how to set it up and, and how it works.
0: Right. I mean, th- they are the end. And basically, you reserve through them, or you're reserving through the one at the bottom there, opentable.com?
1: I believe you, there's a few different parties that you can set it up with. And as long as you're using one of those parties, it'll work. Um, and I believe Google actually lists them out when you look at the Help Center article, um, the different partners that you can choose from.
0: Brilliant. Okay. And when, when we look at hours, that's something that you as a business control because you're the only one who knows when you are open and closing.
1: Yes, um, they do automatically update hours quite a bit. (laughs) So keep in mind, um, they do have other data sources they can look at. But one of the big ones is your website. So we see, you know, if if businesses are complaining about um, stuff getting scraped incorrectly, it's often coming from their own website. Um, And then certain business types also have different types of hours they can add. So there's things like senior hours that they added um, because of covid Things like drive through hours um, or online hours. Like there's, there's a bunch of different categories for hours that you can add in.
0: Right. So and there, there, is that whole thing of saying basically, you know, we control a certain amount, but Google always reserves the right to override it if the machine thinks you've got it wrong?
1: Exactly. Because a lot of businesses also don't keep their stuff updated. So it's kind of on Google to do that.
0: Oh, would you, would you throw your hat in the ring and give us a percentage of how many Google My Businesses are not properly looked after?
1: Oh, goodness. I have no idea, but I'm assuming it's pretty high. Excuse me? Sorry? I, I'm not sure. But I'm, I would assume it's pretty high.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, it, oh, it struck me. I mean, kind of like as SEOs, we kind of sit here thinking, you know, you, you, you should be doing this, that, and the other. But how many businesses do it? And a lot of businesses just say, I don't have the time.
1: Yeah, which is a crazy opinion. I mean, I guess yeah, it depends on how you your business, right? So if you're not getting a lot of customers from online, or you, you don't realize you are, then you may not prioritize it as much.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And Amy Amy Toman says that this restaurant has three Michelin stars, beside be, be, despite its terribly rude name. Um, <laughs> and then just just to finish off, uh, oh, sorry, Adventure Island. This is one I love i mean it's a, it's a theme park, and they've got a Wikipedia article, so um they haven't written themselves the Googlers. what they've done is just pulled in from Wikipedia. they've got five roller coasters, we've got the owner, the water rise, the operating season, the previous names. That's all knowledge graph stuff,
1: yes, exactly, so that's more so your it's arena, a hybrid, I'm sure. basically, yeah, sorry. Yep. They they have a lot of these. Usually they're tourist kind of stuff. Um, So like museums are another one that have like insane amount of fields that you don't normally see see anywhere else. Yeah, they're pulled in automatically a lot of times from Wikipedia or other sources that Google gets their knowledge panel information from.
0: Right. I mean, so, you know, this theme park has got this similar amount of control to any other local business, but Google's just packing more and more information in there as it finds it. Do you think that's something that's going to become more prevalent across other industries? Or do you think it's going to stay limited to these kind of public uh, attractions?
1: I can't see them applying it to, like, let's say doctors, for example, because there just isn't a good source that Google can pull it from that's, you know, accurate. Um, I think, with you know, Adventure Island, they've got a lot of good information um, in Wikipedia, so it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And they're going to prioritize that information because it's Google Trust Wikipedia data, like, a lot. Um, I mean, they even pushed down the description here. It's on the second channel there, or second section of your slide there under reviews. That was the same description that we saw for the restaurant over at the left top. Oh, right. So oh, that's a down. good
0: Right, no, that's a that's a great point. I hadn't noticed that they'd done that, but yeah, it, it just shows how flexible these things are, um, how much they can they can move move things around, and they've got their TikTok profile. I mean, I would imagine that's that's being pulled from the fact that there's loads of engagement on TikTok for this.
1: Yeah, that's not one I see very often, so that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I would imagine kind of people are filming themselves as they go around one <laughs> of the five roller coaster rides, screaming and shouting for thirty seconds in TikTok
1: yep that makes sense
0: and it does delicious donuts apparently so if anyone wants to go to adventure island it's in south end on sea i'm going to the uk next week so i'll probably go along and the last thing I, I looking at this i mean i've actually purposefully right top left this is my company so i'm basically yeah, getting some free consulting from you i've added my logo but it insists on showing my photo of me why yes,
1: so your your logo you'll see it's down further so like Below where it says "see outside," it shows your logo there. Oh, right! Brilliant. So yeah, there's actually a logo spot, and it's um, it's smaller, um, but that's where Google wants to put your logo. They hate logos for profile pictures. They always have. So usually, what they look for is um, an exterior photo of the location. That's the one they're the most likely to pick. If you don't have a lot of photos, they'll just pick one, and they also update it all the time. So um, if you add a new photo. You don't specify that you want it as your profile photo. Google could just update your profile photo because they think it's better.
0: OK, so what's the best bet if I don't have a front of shop? Because you can see there, the front of the shop is actually my accountant's office and it yeah. looks pretty, pretty grotty. I mean, it's actually really nice, but what what, what can I put there? Because I don't really want my photo. I would like the the Caddy Cube logo, but they're not going to use it, are they?
1: I, yeah, I've seen them use team photos. So, you know, if you have a good team photo, you could add that. Or, like, an interior photo, that's another thing you could try. Um, but, yeah, they Ooh. generally just hate branded stuff. Like they don't
0: Right, like okay. It. Well, I don't have a team, so I'll just take a picture of my bookshelf try <laughs> to make myself look intelligent. <laughs> um, and I've, I've been using the events feature a lot, um, especially for this CaliCube Tuesdays. And now we've got Gennaro Coffano, who's going to be on in a few weeks. Um have you seen them being particularly effective in any way, manner, or form? Because I'm just doing it for the fun and the experiment.
1: Yes. Yeah, no.
0: Oh, we've lost joy again at the most important moment of the whole program. I was asking about events, which is this whole Cali Cube Tuesdays thing of trying to do an experiment of seeing how quickly I can push events into the knowledge graph, and one of them was using Google My Business, which appears not to have any effect at all. Um, and I'm hoping Joy will come back to finish off her critique of, of my Google, my business. Um, please do speak up when you do come back, Joy, because I will then shut up immediately. No, nope. she's she's not coming back, I don't think, today. So I'll just keep talking my way through. I also added the products as an experiment. And the problem is I really don't know if this is having any positive effect other than the fact that people see them from time to time when they're looking for CaliCube. And there you've got the questions and answers. What is a brand SERP? I answered it and somebody deleted it. It was a bug. Now, I think somebody else answered it for me. It might have been Simon Cox. And now we've got it back. And completely lost joy now. So I'll finish off that. In fact, the From Cali Cube is from my Google My Business. And I hadn't realized that I, either. Um, I've managed to update it correctly. Then you've got the events, which you can see in two places. One is over on the left, just underneath the actual listing itself, and then the carousel with Joy and Gennaro in there and the Twitter profile because we don't use TikTok very much. and um, People also search for and they're all tiny local companies around where my accountant's office is, um, which don't really help anybody in any way, manner or form, I wouldn't have thought. Welcome back, Joy.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. My internet completely shut off this time, so...
0: Something. Right, well, I just went through everything and explained it all because I'm now a super expert because you explained the rest <laughs> of it. Do you want to just go through columns two and three and tell me about products and the events sure. that we see on the on the right and then we can wrap it all up?
1: Sure. Um, products are like a feature that Google launched a couple of years ago. You can totally use this for services if you want. So, you know, if you have, I don't know, let's see you're a lawyer and you You have certain case types you do, we've, we've filled these out using technically what are called services. So there's really no issues with doing that. Google doesn't enforce any guidelines there. Um, So we say, you know, put whatever you want to display in that section. Um, The from CaliQ, that's just the description that uh, Google allows you to fill out. And then Google posts, which are on the right at the top there, that's a feature inside the um, Google My Business dashboard that you can control. We did a pretty large study on what types of posts perform the best um recently a couple months ago that's on the sterling sky blog um but there are different types different features and stuff that you can put on there um and that is something that you fully control
0: yeah well my my thing here is these are actually just events so the events on the left hand side is the same as the events on the right hand side except for the events on the right hand side it's picked up genaro but not you which yeah. i apologize for in advance <laughs> or so, rather. Sorry,
1: I believe they're different the events on the left are usually picked up via your website and then right. the events on the posts on the right hand side there that's from the google post feature inside google my business
0: and do those events that I set up in google my business appear anywhere else except in my google my business panel
1: uh I don't believe so they're just there and they don't even show up everywhere so like on um, certain devices, you'll find them easier to see than others.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You've walked me through everything. Uh, I hope everybody else enjoyed that as much as I did. Because once again, you know, I think it's for me at least. It's important to, to kind of say to myself, I don't know as much maybe as I think I do. Um, and it's lovely to have you explained by you, Joy. Do you want to turn your camera back on for a last big finale? <laughs>
1: Sure. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank
0: you guys Yay. for sticking with me. <laughs> oh, it was a delight. Um, I think it was well worth it. And I can see that people have stuck around. So everybody else agrees with me. So everybody's very happy. I'll quickly announce next week. We've got Michael King coming on. There you go. Um, We don't know what he's going to be talking about. We're waiting for news from him and and that will be announced tomorrow, which is terribly exciting. We don't usually do things at the last minute. And Michael is incredibly smart and delightful and looks incredibly cool. So I'm going to look shamefully old and not cool next week, but I'll enjoy it nonetheless. Um, Thank you again, Joy. Thanks for having me. (laughs) That was amazing. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Joy. You're amazing. Thank you very much.